0: hey church, how are we today? Alright, so good to have all of you guys here. Welcome, welcome. I'm Jeff and I'm one of our pastors on our staff. And today, you're going to treat, we are kicking off our series at the movies. We're going to pull some some biblical truths from the movie Guardians of the Galaxy. Alright, if you've ever been a part of uh, our series in the past, We've done this a few different times. It really makes it a great, great uh, segue into this season. Uh, As we talked about last week, we know this season uh, can really be difficult for a lot of folks. Um, Traditionally and statistically, uh, in the month of December, there are as many many, uh, suicides in one month this month as there are in all other 11 combined. And so we're doing a series like this. Uh, so we as a church have an opportunity to connect with people who are not necessarily in our church So if you're a guest here today, if you've been invited uh, This is your first time here today. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you're here. We're gonna have a lot of fun in this series We're we're not gonna just like say that movies are anything like the bible um, But there's a lot of truths that we can point to about god's word that we see in just natural culture uh, I I can't speak for jesus But I do know this, when I read the New Testament, Jesus did a whole bunch of taking what was going on in normal culture and using that to make sense out of what he was trying to communicate to people. And so we're going to kind of do the same thing. So I hope you'll jump in with us we're going to have fun with us today. We're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. How many of you guys, one, you love movies? You like going to movies? All right. How many of you guys have ever seen one of or both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies? All right. A lot of you, a lot of you. All right, hey, that's, that's one of our family favorite movies. Uh, we've seen both of them. My kids like them. I like the first one better than the second one. That's usually probably in most cases. Uh, but we love movies. Here's something kind of uh, ironic, maybe even a little uh, trivial. Uh, my wife and I, when we were in college, I went to a private Christian school. And uh, in the first year or two of our school, they had a policy. It was in the school handbook that you were not allowed to go see movies. Pretty weird, right? So here's what happened. 90% of the school, the kids in college all went to the movies. I was one of those. It just became one of this like, wow, this is the most incredibly fun rule to break. All right. Now, I don't advise that if you're in uh, any type of Um, boundaries uh, rules are meant for reasons but the school the school after about about a year or two that said okay you can go see movies now so they changed they changed the whole focus on that so there's something still inside of my wife and I that when we go on a date night we feel like we're sneaking out and doing something wrong and it feels so awesome so uh, so we actually we love to go see movies uh, we do we do sneak out on times uh, for date nights and we we'll, we'll see a movie. So I think both of these we saw with our families. So what we're gonna do is we're going to extract some stuff from Guardians of the Galaxy today. Uh, so essentially, if you've never seen the movie before, it's essentially a movie with these people who are the Guardians of the Galaxy. They don't know each other initially. They're kind of some misfits. They all have different roles they're playing in society. But over time, basically, accidentally, they come together, and they go after the bad guy, and they save the world. All right? That's really the movie. So if you haven't seen it, I just made it sound terribly boring. It's actually a whole lot better than I explained it, but that's all I really want to give you today because we want to talk about one particular character today in the movie who he says the same thing over and over and over and over the same way. Do you know what I'm about to say? He says, I am... Groot, right, and that's what he says the entire movie, all right, so we know of, you'll remember, that he says that, I mean, like all the way through the movie. He says, I am Groot, I am Groot, but essentially he knows five words that we'll talk about some of those words in the later part of this conversation today, but I want you to check out this next clip. I've got two of them for you today, but check out this next clip. And if you don't know the movie, watch the guy at the end. He's the big tall guy. He's called Groot, and he looks like a big tree. Pay attention to him. We're going to talk about him today. But hey, that's not my problem. I ain't going to be here long. I've escaped 22 prisons. This one's no different. You're lucky the broad showed up, because otherwise me and Groot would be collecting that bounty right now, and you'd be getting drawn and quartered by Yandu and those ravages. I've had a lot of folks try to kill me over the years. I ain't about to be brought down by a tree and a talking raccoon. Old. What's a raccoon? What's a raccoon? It's what you are, stupid. Ain't no thing like me except me. So this orb has a real shiny blue suitcase, Ark of the Covenant, Maltese Falcon sort of vibe. What is it? I am Groot. So what? What's the orb? I have no words for an honorless thief. Pretty high and mighty coming from the lackey of a genocidal maniac. Yeah, I know who you are. Anyone who's anyone knows who you are. Yeah, we know who you are. Who is it? I'm rude. Yeah, you said that. I wasn't retrieving the orb for Ronin. I was betraying him. I had an agreement to sell it to a third party. I am well, that's just as fascinating as the first 89 times you told me that. What is wrong with Given Tree here? Well, he don't know talking good like me and you. So his vocabulistics is limited to I and M and Groot. Exclusively in that order. Well, i tell you what, that's going to wear real thin real fast. If I... All right. Everyone look to your neighbor and tell them you are Groot. Say, I am Groot. Everybody do that real quick for me. I am Groot. Alright, so today we're going to talk about really knowing who we are. A lot of us, and this will make sense as we go along, a lot of us, we live our lives as though I am Groot. We do a lot of eyeing and we're going to try to point ourselves to where Paul points us in this passage. We're going to look at today in Romans. So if you've got a Bible today, we're going to look in uh, one of the most famous books, one of the most famous books in all the Bible, it's Romans, written by this guy named Paul, who really helps us craft in our minds who we are in Christ. Um, and so let me, let me just, we're just going to dive in today. We're going to unpack this. I think there's a profound message in this for, me, for, for myself. Uh, I'm living this out daily with some struggles that I have. And I think this will be good for all of us today. So if you've got a Bible, Romans chapter 12, if not, uh, no Bible, uh, we'll show it up on our screens. We also have some message notes today, so you can bust those out. We'll have a couple little fill-in-the-blanks that I'll help you with. Romans chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1. Paul says this. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies... A living sacrifice. That's not just Paul saying, give your physical body up. He's saying, I, all, I urge you to offer up everything that you are, all of you, essentially to God. He said, offer up your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, essentially, Paul's saying, living your lives uh, in, a, in a certain way, uh, that you, you use all that you are for what God's doing in the world, is both beneficial for what God's doing in the world and it's massively beneficial for you personally if you'll live and operate God's way. It, there, there's just win factors all over the place for us if we'll say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leverage myself for you. Man, there's win factors all over the place. All right, so Paul explains this and he says, to live our lives in such a way uh, that we would give ourselves holy and acceptable to God. He says, this is your true and proper worship. Then he goes on and he says, don't, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Essentially saying, he believes through God's strength that whatever struggle, whatever tension, whatever difficulty we may have, based off of how we're living in the, the world we live in right now, he says, don't conform to that. Don't, don't look and act like the world that, man, there's, there's a lot of issues and handicaps. If you operate outside of my best boundaries, if you do that, man, there's going to be struggles and consequences. But if you live my way, then you're, it's going to be much more better for you, essentially. So he says, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, meaning I believe through Christ's strength you can change, you can grow. So then Paul goes into explaining to how he wants us to grow, some areas that he wants us to uh, exercise some change in. And, and what I'm going to read to you next is really the only, the only directives he gives us. Like here's something I want you to do, and here's what he says. So he goes on, he says, Once we, uh, once we begin to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, he says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Then he goes on to say, for by grace given me, I say to every one of you. Now, here's the instructions he tells us. The only instructions in this passage are this. He says, do not think of yourself more, what's the word here, help me out, more highly. Yeah, more highly than you ought. Does anybody here ever do that? Think of yourself more highly than you should. I'm totally raising my hand. I do this all the time. I don't know I'm doing it till I see the results of what I've done. (laughs) I see the, the wake of mistakes I've made based off of when I think of myself more highly than I ought. So he then balances this out or counteracts and gives you the opposite of what thinking more highly of yourselves would be like. He says, rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. That, that's not necessarily a word we would use in our day and age, but it's something we can, we can understand. We're going to unpack that part of the passage. When we me finish, finish this up, though. In accordance with the faith God has given to each of us, distributed. Uh, For just as each of us has one body, right, we have one body, and now he's going into some metaphor here, some, 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 some th- really some deep theological thinking here that we aren't just on our own. We're also connected to Christ and his church. That's what he's going into now. He says, uh, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, talking about our gifts and strengths, so in Christ, and here's the next word we're going to look at today, we... Though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now, that's a whole lot of like I and we and like arrogance and sober judgment. Those are the key things that we're going to talk about. That's kind of random right now to you, but it won't be in just a moment. Now, let me just say this there are some obvious words that describe somebody that is arrogant. Um, help me out, just shout it out, what are some words you think of that would describe an arrogant, very arrogant per- person? Just shout them out. Snob. Narcissistic, what? Smug, Smug what? Snob. Snob, what else? Rude, conceited. You did way better than the last audience. They, they were like, what? They were just confused. Ed, were you in the last service? They were unhelpful, okay? Don't tell them I said that, Okay. <laughs> But that little segment did not go very well because they said some stuff I was like, no, that's wrong. No, no, I didn't really say that, but I thought it, okay? So here's the thing. When you think of someone arrogant, yeah, you think of someone who's smug, who's a snob, who's conceited, who, who thinks of themselves all the time, an arrogant person, a prideful person. Paul says, don't live your life that way. It's not only, it's not only unbeneficial for you, But it's unbeneficial for God. It's unbeneficial for every relationship you have. And he's trying to get this point across that you're not supposed to be living for I am Groot. Like I worked that in. See what I'm doing here? Right? He didn't want you to live for I, myself. You know, I, and I'm not sure what Groot means. I think the little, uh, and I'm embarrassed to even say this, the little raccoon guy can explain all that, right, in the movie. Right, rocket the raccoon can 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 interpret what Groot says, but all Groot says is I am Groot. So what I'm trying to help us see, and what Paul's trying to help us see, is you got two sides of this coin here. You got arrogance, and you got sober judgment. Now, what are some words that help describe sober judgment? Now, that's a little that's that one's more difficult. But how would you describe the word sober sober judgment in light of arrogance over here on this side? What would you say? What's that? Oh, my gosh, that's great. Yes, humble. What else? Honest. Yes, perfect. What else? Clear. I actually have those in my notes. You people are really, really, really good. They, they really did not do this good last, last hour. Holy cow, that must be the dumb hour, okay? <laughs> the unbright people that come at 930. I'm just kidding when I say that. But you, you did, you excelled, okay, my expectation. What, what's, which one do you have? Courage. Very good selfless. Very good. All right, so here's the thing. That's not in our normal language. Not our normal jargon today. All right, but if you think of the idea of someone who's really arrogant and then the other, flip the coin over on the other side of that, Paul's saying you should live with sober judgment. I think clear thinking, sound judgment, right? And if you just take the word judgment out and just talk about sober, how do sober people act, right? They're, they're clear thinkers, right? They're they're not drunk on themselves. So I think you could honestly look at it like this. Arrogance is like becoming drunk on yourself, right? I think that, I mean, if we could just put this in the most modern English way, Paul would explain this. Paul might just pull the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, and he might just make Groot like this very prideful guy that walks around talking about himself all the time which that's not all he says. We'll find out near the end of the movie that I'll show you in the clip in just a minute. But arrogance is like becoming drunk on yourself. So essentially drunk on, drunk on what? Drunk on your intellect. Hey, everybody, I want to show off how smart I am, right? Hey, everybody, I'm drunk on my own abilities. Let me just brag on how great I am, right? Just, we, we, and I'm just telling you, all of us, now don't be offended, all of us are prideful. All of us are prideful. There's not one of us who's not. How do I know this? Well, there was an angel who started out pretty doggone awesome. His name was Lucifer, and he was arrogant. He was prideful. He he became more and more that way, so much so that God kicked him out of heaven. He is now known as Satan today. I don't know if you guys know that. That's in Scripture. And so, man... There's there's a world of pride going on, and I know this. And in so many different ways, we 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 can become arrogant and act out this arrogance thing. So, um, I'm going to give you a couple thoughts that we have in your notes today about this idea of arrogance and how 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 it can mess us up. So, if you got some notes, to jot these down. Arrogance is a deterrent to relationships. First thing out of the gate, that I think we think about relation about. Uh, our lives in general, and what arrogance does. Arrogance can can really mess up relationships. I, I can recall one of my very first, like, real, real legitimate fights with Christy, and um, this this was one of those I'm embarrassed about because I'm like looking back now, it, it's so dumb. Like I can't believe we had debate and argument and got emotional, and I wanted to win and she wanted to win over the, the something so stupid. It's funny how you can separate yourself from the emotion of something that you, whatever emotion it is. For me, that emotion was something I wanted, and I'll explain it to you. But isn't it weird when you can step out of the emotion, you can look back on it, you always say, that was so dumb. Why did we fight over that, right? A lot of them, a lot of debates, a lot of arguments, rivalries, whatever. Start out of something you, you can look at moments later and just say, that was so dumb. Well, this was over, uh, really it was over a budget mindset. So we're in our first year of marriage, and we had decided uh, we've got, we want to pay off my student loans and some credit card debt, all right? And it was, it was like thirteen, maybe $14,000 of debt, college loans and some credit card debt. And we said, we're going to do it in, our, in one year. My parents said, "Hey, they looked at, we, we, we shared way too much with our parents. It was really wonderful. They helped us tremendously. We said, "Hey, here's how much we make. How much you think we can pay off?" They said, uh, maybe seven grand, maybe six grand, if you really knuckle down." We were both stubborn. We said, "We'll pay it all off. Will You watch us." So we had, we had some real wonderful conversations, looking at our salaries, trying to figure out how we're going to pay off all this debt. We paid it off in one year. Not to my help, though. We're in Publix shopping groceries it's a high high need on my list okay and we are walking through the d- d- department store grocery store and we're picking out all this stuff but there's no meat right and i'm hungry and so we walk by the meat department and you know how you feel? you you can have your eyes closed and you can smell it and you can feel it when it's cold feels good there's something that draws me to the meat department we're walking through there, and I grab a couple steaks, throw it, on, throw it in the grocery cart. And she's like, no, 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 we can't do that. And remember, we talked, and I said, oh, no, no, we can do this. This is just like, I mean, it was like it was like $8. It was like, like flank steak, or it was like strip steak, or skirt steak, something like the most expensive kind of steak there is, right? And so I throw it in the cart. She picks it up and puts it back. And I'm like, oh, no, no, this is not how this marriage is going, Okay. And I'm like, seriously, come on, let's just. And I always first go towards, hey, we're making memories, okay? We're making memories. It's Friday night. We got, I mean, we're, we're going to grill out, babe. And we lived in this apartment complex. It had a pool. It had tennis courts. I said, we go down by the grill. We can swim. We can, you, know, we can, you can swim up to the, to the grill bar that I'll make for you, right? And I'm just trying to build this whole night up. And she's like, no, put it back. And I'm like, no, seriously. We're, seriously, let's. And she, we, we had it out right there in Publix. And it was all over me and my wanter that was turned up because I wanted some meat. And I look back now and I'm like, all that was was me not getting what I wanted. Why? Because I was thinking too highly of myself. And what happens in so many ways is we think. When we're thinking higher of ourselves, we equate all of our wants, all of our needs, all of our desires. It, this is not a conversation of you, sh- you shouldn't want something. This is not a conversation of you couldn't serve somebody and, and, and give them a steak. Okay? That's what she should have done. Okay? Just kidding. This is a conversation about how many ways can you think of that arrogance infiltrates your life? For me, it's all over the spectrum. In so many different ways... I fail to recognize in those small moments of where pride's creeped in and I'm somehow self-preserving, self-sacrificing, not for somebody else, but for me. And I do it all over the place and I recognize it most in relationships. So it's huge. Arrogance is a deterrent to relationships. And Paul writes to the church and says, you should think less highly of yourselves. Now I know that goes against pop pop culture, right? Doesn't doesn't everybody say you should take care of yourself? You should serve yourself. You should you should own this. You should take care of this. Doesn't, isn't that what our culture tells us? Doesn't it say that? We flip the coin over, and Paul says, "No, no, be careful with that because there is so much danger if you walk that road of arrogance. You can ruin." relationships around you if you exist for, for yourselves. He says that can mess things up royally. Now, I just I thought that, that this, is, this is pretty pertinent. I, I, I was jotted this down. I pulled this. Humility pulls people together, but arrogance pushes people apart. Have you ever been around someone who's humble? They're just gracious, they're kind, they're not serving themselves, they're, they're loving and serving on you. Are you not just, gra- do you just not gravitate towards those kind of people? Humility pulls people together, arrogance rubs, it's a friction, it pushes people apart. So Paul says your high opinion of yourselves is causing you to be disconnected with others. Arrogance is a deterrent to our relationships. The second thing that we notice in this passage is arrogance is a deterrent, is it is. Is a detriment to yourselves, to ourselves. It's a detriment to yourself. You cannot be happy and live a prideful, arrogant life. It cannot be done. It, it is just the, it's so, it's so opposite of what we think. I think when I run after what I want and I get what I want, I'm so happy now how many of you have ever gone after something, hunted for something, shot for something, you got it and then you're, there's like, well that didn't make me feel all that much better. Have you done that? Have you done that? I do it all the time. I'll shop and I'll be, it's some man thing that I want and I go after it and I find ways to make it happen. Do you do that? I, I find ways to make stuff happen when I really, 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 really want it. I, I figure it out. I figure it out. I make it happen. I get it and I'm like, on to the next thing, right? I mean, it's just, there's, there's something in us that if we go hard after something that we want, oftentimes what happens, we'll leave a wake of people in the distance. I wanted it so bad. Arrogance was driving it. And look what I did to get it. And I've hurt somebody around me. So arrogance is a deterrent to relationships and it's a, it's a detriment to ourselves. So when I've hurt someone around me, then I'm in a place that I'm like, well, now, now, now I'm hurt. Now I'm upset. Now, now there's friction that's happened. And now the relationship's messed up. And that happens with both people, like physically around me. It happens in our relationship with God. And essentially, it hurts, it hurts me. It hurts us. When we live our lives that way, it hurts ourselves. And here's the thing. There will always, 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 always be a tendency in us to think more highly of ourselves. So, in the New Testament, uh, John, one of the writers of the books of the Bible, says this, and I think this is where we flip the switch and we go, okay, what do we do from here? How do we take the I am Groot mentality and how do we switch it to where God would want us and help us go? John says it like this in in, uh, chapter 15, verse 12. He says, my command is this, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down their lives for for someone else's friends. Now, people who are living arrogant lives, they aren't the first to step up and lay down their life for someone else. Now, I'm not saying, because all of us have pride, I'm not saying that's always how you are. I know there are times you're going to love others, serve others, sacrifice for others, you're going to lay your life down for somebody. You're going to go for in, all in for, for others. But I'm just saying a lot of times we flip-flop back and forth. I'll be frightful, and the next one I'll, I'll help somebody. What Paul's saying is you need, to, you need to start working towards thinking less highly of yourselves because there's so many wins by living humbly, by going towards the sober judgment. John says, Love each other the way I've loved you. This is what Jesus, he's explaining Jesus as an example. Greater love has no man than someone lay down their life for friends. So here's the concept. As we grow to become more like Christ, we will begin to live others or love others more than ourselves. Let me say that one more time. As we grow to become more like Christ, we will become or will begin to love others more than ourselves. So back to the movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. The ship is going down, and Groot recognizes that things are bad and things look hopeless. And I want you to notice Groot's new words. Check it out. doing this why we are groot we are groot that was vin diesel Isn't that crazy just picture vin diesel saying we are groot all right so here's here's what's cool about this you notice that it is a big, tall tree. And what's the first thing he does to go help and rescue everybody? He starts to reach out and grab. All right? So when I do this, what does it look like? It looks like a cross. Isn't that, isn't that kind of crazy? Isn't that kind of cool when you, when you think about that for a moment? It's funny how so many movies pull something that is essentially that comes from the Bible. When you think about this movie... And when you think about what Paul is trying to help us do, what Paul's trying to do is move us from an I culture, an I mindset, a me mindset, to a we mindset. And he talks about this not just from the, the arrogance standpoint, but he talks about this from the family standpoint. So there's all, these, there's all these things going on in this passage. It's an amazing passage. So here's my thoughts as we kind of wrap this up. I think about the whole we are group. Concept. Yeah, we, we, we ought to live our lives where we serve somebody else and think less of ourselves. But I always get trapped up in that. Because I, I've, I've tried to do that just by, I, I've read so many books on, you know, being a better man and, and trying to quit this and, and trying to be better at doing this. And i tell you what always happens to me. On my own, I always fall short. I always fail. I never, I never, I, I don't make the improvements. I don't make the changes that I want to. There's two parts to this. God wants us to grow and change. He wants us to live lives that are less arrogant, look more like him. But here's, here's the big picture of the Bible. It's never about running towards getting better and fixing yourself. That's not really what this is all about. This whole message, even that last scene, is all about running to God, running to Jesus. Because it's, it's, it's only in him and through him that my life can be different, that my life can be transformed as, transformed, as Paul said. So if I want to be less about me and more about others, I run to Jesus. But here, here's, here's the other side of this. Some of you today... You, you, you are in need of exactly what just happened in that last scene. You are in need of a rescue. You're in a place in your life right now where marriage is broken. You've been living for I. And maybe just maybe this morning, maybe something's going off in your heart and your mind that you would say, you know what? I've never bowed the knee. I've never said, God, I need your help. I've never said, Jesus, I want you to be the, the leader and forgiver of my life. Or I, You've never even looked at God for, for your hope. Well, I think the biggest message of all this today, not just helping ourselves improve and get better, but for all of us to recognize everything's found in God. Life improvements, improvement to your marriage, growth, but probably the most important thing is this idea of grace. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, uh, that's a big move on that tree guy thing, right? He just basically said, and I think, I think the little rocket, raccoon guy, when he asked him, hey, why are you doing this? I, I think Groot already knew why he was doing it, right? He recognized that apart from what he could do, they're all going to die. They would, life would be miserable apart from what he could do. That's the message of Jesus. That's the message of the cross for us. So here's the thing. If you're here today, you're not connected to Jesus. You're not necessarily in a relationship with him. My hope would be that today you would just simply say, Jesus, I'm asking you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. And the moment that you ask him to do that is the moment that you're saved, the moment that he, he counts you as part of the family. And that's the moment that you seal the relationship with God and get all the benefits of being a part of the family. There's a lot of benefits. Part of it is us. We are the we, and we get to go be we to others, and we can all go we, we together. Just just thought I had to say that. I don't know why. It doesn't fit this time in the message, okay? But you'll never forget the fact that we can go be we to somebody else, okay? So here's the thing. What if, what if, what if right now God has you here to say yes for him, yes to him? Maybe yes, to God, I I cannot quit being prideful. I need your help. Run to him. Or maybe some of you today to say, Jesus, I want to run to you for my salvation today. Let's pray. God, we, we submit to you today. We say, God, apart from you, we have nothing apart from you. We are nothing, God, apart from you. We can't help ourselves. We can't save ourselves. So, God, in Jesus' name, we cry out to you and we say, God, we ask you to make us yours. We want you to save us and we're asking you, for you to be the leader and forgiver of our, of our lives. God, help us to be a people that would live to serve you, to serve others, to live lives pleasing to you. In your name I pray, amen.